Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. All right, gentlemen, it is time to talk about the Western Conference in the National Hockey League and how we think they're going to look. First and foremost, yet again, if you haven't listened to last episode, it's about the Eastern Conference um, and if you missed it, here are our project or my projections about uh, exactly how it's going to look. So looking at the West, I have the Central going as followed, even with some of the losses. Colorado, then Winnipeg, Chicago, Minnesota, and I am putting them there without Kaprizov, obviously. St. Louis, like, by the way, Minnesota are up to second without, with, if they can get Kaprizov, but obviously. Uh, St. Louis are there. Dallas, Nashville, and Arizona, then in the Pacific, may be a bit of a shock to you guys. I have Vegas first. That's Whoa. not the shock, obviously. Whoa. I have wow. L- I think Alex was just looking at I have LA second, Vancouver third, Edmonton fourth, Seattle five, uh, Calgary six, San Jose seven, and Anaheim eight. Wait a second. Wait yep. a second. Yeah. Are you telling me you don't have the Edmonton Oilers making the playoffs? Again, all I have is I have them one through eight. Come on. I have Come them on. one four, but... They spent the most money. That means they're going to win. Yeah, that always works. <laughs> all I'm going to say about the Oilers is they're going to allow a lot of goals. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are. I'm going to um, All right, starting at the top, we'll look at the Pacific Division. The Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Laurent Brassois is the new backup for Robin Leonard. Sorry, is the backup. I don't want to say it like Fleury was the backup. He was not. Um, We're going to talk about Fleury when we get to Chicago. Okay. Because that's like, no, 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 no. Let's just do it now because the disrespect disrespect was from Vegas. Yes. So beside that, Alex Martinez is back. Nolan Patrick is the new face. So it was Evgeny Dodonov. No centerman, which is like weird. They have sort of have sort of must have this internal thing. So the big story is they they got rid of Mark Andre Fleury for nothing, nothing like this this depth. What's the forward's name again? Like Mikel Hakkarainen or something. Yeah, Michael Hakkarainen. Is he was like a fourth round pick a few years ago. And they traded him for the reigning Vesna Trophy winner, who was apparently so upset he may retire. So yeah. he found out via Twitter too which is pretty bad. Apparently he knew there were discussions, but it was broken to him on Twitter, which if you think about it, the Twitter guys knew before Flurry did. The yeah. social media people knew because they were doing that dumb eye emoji. The replies to those tweets, by the way, are, I love how people are calling Chicago out. Anyway, I, I feel like I would be doing an injustice to this podcast if I did not first ask Daniel, how do you feel about the Vegas Golden Knights completely disrespecting Marc-Andre Fleury. My boy. What did they do to my boy? It happens again. Like, I don't understand why. I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, I don't know what Vegas is trying to do with this because it is a lot of the things where a lot of reporters talked about, like James Brett will talk about it too, where just the way that 
management has kind of treated players there and the way that you treat someone like Margot J. Fleury, where like honestly, where he ever he has gone, it's been all class. Where he is a guy that even if he retires now, he's gonna be in the Hall of Fame. He is a winner. He is someone that I I think Vegas they just they gave up on him. Like I know he had a bit of those blunders in the playoffs, but again, you can't win if you can't score. And they were bad. Like like we talk about the center depth that that team has or does not have like that lack of center depth. And then in addition to that, you also have your wingers underperforming. So I think that it was a whole team effort, kind of like a lack of team effort that was not there. And then f- to do this to flurry, man, like really like the guy gave it his all, like he waved his no trade clause to go there. He was talking like he was the biggest guy that I think that he was a major selling point for them that, he was a proven star that wanted to stay in Vegas long term. He's the franchise. He is. Alex, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go last here. Alex, how do you feel about this whole situation? Oh, I think the the him finding out on Twitter is extremely disrespectful. Like I'm just I beyond how do you how does that happen? How do you how do you let that how do you let that happen? I guess is the question I'd have to go and ask. If I could talk to George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, I'd say, how do you let that happen? Uh, I it's just beyond me and extremely disrespectful. I, I think the trade itself was, in my eyes, inevitable. I think when they committed five years to Robin Leonard last summer and tried to trade Mark Andre Fleury. To me, that was the sign of they're done with Marc-Andre Fleury. I think the reason he went for nothing or the AHL player was because of the salary cap, not because of his actual value. I think he actually has value on a with one year left, but because of the flat cap, they're just – who is going to take $7 million for – he's 36 or 37? It's 36. 36-year-old 36 goalie. Yes, I, I understand he won the Vesna. It's just this unfortunate, stupid salary cap reality. Want to hear rants about that? Go back to last episode. Um, but those are my thoughts on the trade and the thing that went ensued. What's funny is the teams who would probably take that cap hit were probably on his protection list. Yeah, probably. <laughs> A.K.A. Western Canada. Because, <laughs> boy, the Oilers need a goalie. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, the value stuff, you took the words out right out of my mouth there, that's about Now, when the organization tell Marc-Andre Fleury and his wife that he was going to retire there, now, trading Nate Schmidt, uh, the possibility of Patrick Reddy, um, there, there, there have been those whispers that, that their reputation of that organization in signing there was going to start taking a hit. And what I think is really going to solidify that for a lot of players now is the fact that you have just gone and literally stabbed in the back a future Hall of Famer, the guy who you're in the lottery your first year, if not for Marc-Andre Fleury. Yes, he was he was hurt and some guy stepped in, but if you look at when he did play, how he, if he was healthy that entire year, he was going to win the Vesna. Yeah. Not to mention how amazing. There were talks, if you guys remember when he was going to the finals there, there were talks even if Vegas had lost, he could have won the Collins fight. Pulls Jaguar. Yeah, 
he was not good. And it, it's, it is, and we've had discussions about the business side of things. And you can pull this off with a fourth liner and no one will blink an eye at it. It's not the first time we've heard about players finding out, but to do it to Marc-Andre Fleury, who is, is, is unanimously a beloved teammate and so respected throughout the National Hockey League, like, like one of the best friends of Sidney Crosby, that's going to kill your reputation. That's not something Vegas want to do. You know, I, I wonder, I go back to Alan Walsh's tweet with the photo last year, and I know it said Pete DeBoer on it. <laughs> but, you know, I, I have to wonder if he, Pete DeBoer is the wrong guy to necessarily blame here. Um, going, looking at this situation, because we all, you, you, know, you know, look at what happened this year. When he switched from Leonard, uh, from Flurry to Leonard, the whole debate came up of DeBoer's handling of goalies, right? In terms of he's more than happy to switch, and if that was my understanding. I wonder if it was more towards management than it was towards the coach because the, it was the management who extended Leonard. It was the management who brought in Robin Leonard. It wasn't Pete DeBoer. I like when you have Robin Leonard and Mark Andre Fleury, these are two top goalies in the NHL. You, you have to play one of them, right? And you have to play the one who is hot and you can make the decision then. But you have two of the two top goalies in your organization at the same time. So I just, it's hard for me to look back and say it was Pete DeBoer. I have more of a feeling that maybe that was more hinted towards Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee. Also, yeah. yeah, go on. Al. No, no, it's just, uh, I'll no, go, go ahead, Daniel. I'll go, I'll go after. I'll go. I kind of feel the same way too. It was what we've said before, where when it comes to these decisions, it is a failure on the management side of things that, you know, Pete DeBoer, again, he had to play who was hot and it, it didn't make sense for the way Flurry was getting older for him to still play 60, 70 games all the time. And the thing is, I don't know. It's just, it's this thing I've talked about before. It's like that hyper competitive that Vegas has with themselves and the market where they're like, we don't want to be like any other expansion team. So by any means necessary, even if it means deteriorating our reputation for the future with potential players wanting to play here, we got to do whatever it takes to, you know, stay under the hard cap and win at all costs. Like, or, you know, at least field a competitive team because, you know, in a market like Vegas, maybe things are going to dwindle down when all this hype from the expansion and the way they've been able to compete right away, like tapers off. I'll say this. I, I think there still needs to be, I, I feel like there needs to be three swords in this back. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, um, a management, obviously management wanted him out the net. We all know that mm -hmm. yeah. it was just, it took Flurry not playing well to do that. DeBoer makes those decisions. Um, sure, and it's sure. been in his history of his New Jersey days, apparently. Um, and, uh, now, I can't remember exactly, but there was a discussion. I remember that somebody told Flurry he would get the nod in the playoffs, and he didn't. I remember who that was. I still think there is blame on DeBoer for that. Sure. Um, but there is for sure two more blades in there for McCrimmon. And, and, um, and why, do I, why do I always forget McPhee? McPhee, McPhee, McPhee. I, I think there have to be a couple swords in there. There's a few fatal. You know when you guys haven't seen Game of Thrones, have you? Ah, never mind. It's for 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 the watch is all I'll say for anyone who's watched Thrones out there. For for the watch, Jon Snow, rest in peace. Well, he came back, but whatever. 
What? Uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, it's, it was the whole thing. Do you know Kit Harrington told a police officer um, that he was living in the show because he got pulled over because he was speeding too much? He told it on um, Jimmy Fallon, I think. Kimmel? One of them. They're both the one same. Of the, one of the Jimmies. One of the one of the Jimothys. Jimothy Lilligren. <laughs> Make the team or you know, get traded. Anyway, yeah, get some centermen. Unless like the plane is Nolan Patrick. Wish him in the best, but that's such a weird team. I have LA winning second in the Pacific. Hear me out. Okay. Because I, I have sent this to my buddy Ethan. He's like, why is LA so high? Yeah. And I'm thinking, right, they've got a good mix of young players in there. They've got They've got a really good young goalie in Cal Peterson, a solid backup with some experience in, uh, in, in in Jonathan Quick, who has a few good games every month, and that's it, is the joke. And you see, I do think the Alex Edler contract's a bit too much, but that's an important player. Like, remember, Phil Deneau, like, man – that opens the door for a lot of players to do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's And five on five, he's ridiculous. And I wouldn't be surprised if they put him up with another guy they got in Victor Arvidsson. And not to mention, that division is such a gong show. Not to mention, even if he's not that elite defenseman anymore, Drew Doughty is still good. You and so is Ange Kopitar. I think you just complimented Drew Doughty. That might be the first time on podcast history. Listen, I know wow. we talk a lot, and everyone does, but people got to remember that <laughs> yeah. Drew Doughty is a wicked defenseman. Yeah, yeah, I know. He didn't deserve that particular Norris trophy, but he should have had a few. <laughs> He's an all-star. He's frick not anymore, but like – Doughty is good. Yeah, yeah. I think because he hit the ground running too early, and then it just – you know, like that level just wasn't maintained when the Kings started to taper off. He, and he's an example of, of I have a, opinions on stuff and people don't like it. He's the classic example of you want players to see what they think and have a personality. Yeah. Your daddy will be cocky about something because he has a right to because he's won more than you have, sir, or madam at home. And people don't like it. That's the daddy. And he makes $11 million and does not care. What's, a lot of people made fun of that because he negotiated himself and it was like, what if there's a lockout? And there wasn't, and he kind of looks like a genius technically, that he made himself the second highest paid defenseman oh. in the league. Like what? He's like a top five highest paid player. Like, yeah. He's like, I respect the, for Drew Downey. He's a, he's a G, man. Making the big bucks. Um, I, I do like, I really like the Philip Deneau signing, obviously. Like, Good. you have two... <laughs> You have two top six, like your top six centers are two extremely, def- like they know the defensive side of their position very well. Uh, and that's always good. And you can, and you said Victor Arvidsson and you have those younger guys coming up where you can give them the opportunity to play against the low, to play against lesser opposition per se, because you're going to be giving the stronger opposition to Anze Kopitar and Philip Deneau. Like that's what Montreal did this year is that they gave Philip Deneau the hardest matchups because he could handle it. And I can see them doing the same thing in LA and allowing those younger guys to succeed. I just want to point out one thing though, before I finish, they signed Garrett Sparks yesterday. I just <laughs> one year, 750,000. I just wanted to point that out. Again, what I've said before with the Kings is, you know, the no, he solidifies 
that the middle of the lineup where they have these younger forward guys that what you said, Adam, as well, they could do their thing. They could play their game. And I don't know, there's something where like the defensive side of it, it may come later for someone like a Quinn and Byfield where, you know, this is a guy that he plays that nice rough and tough game. But like, I think that he could settle in now towards what he needs to be or Alex Turcotte going from the NCAA to actually coming into the league and, adjusting to it like and if it means that they have to play on the wing first and i like where they are at second like here on this list because they were patient they didn't really pay a lot of guys like horrible contracts like if the alex edler one doesn't work out it's just for one year right right and i think it's two isn't it one it's one year good 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 yeah and yeah we'll see how cal pearson is in like a full season Exactly. So what, what was it you told me before the start of the season uh, or before we started recording the first episode, Alex, is they sign Holpe, they sign for Tannen. And was there a third name before yes. we uh, – what was the We're third name? Vancouver. Yeah. yeah it's so Vancouver. last season, the Vancouver Canucks re-signed Jake Vertanen, uh, signed Braden Holpe, both two-year contracts, by the way. And traded Nate Schmidt for a third round pick. That was it, yeah. And funny enough, they trade Nate Schmidt for a third rounder. We'll talk about Winnipeg a little later. They bought out Jay Pretanen for a much different reason than they bought out Braden Holtby. By the way, I hope Holtby gets his turtles across the border to Dallas a lot easier. Than he did from uh, from Washington to Vancouver, or Washington. No, it's it's you know what I mean. Um, so so uh, not looking great. And then there's of course the buyout penalties for those. Yeah. So if you look at the moves, so I believe on day one it was ten signings, the most in the league. The Canucks so. Yaroslav Halak comes in to be the new backup. Not bad. He comes in with Luke Shen. Hey, oh boy. <laughs> Tucker Pullman gets a bit of a rich deal. Travis Hamanick gets re-signed. He's not leaving. I mean, he's not leaving Western Canada. No, he's, he's not. He was willing to this time. Oh. Yeah, and then the Canucks were like, I'll give you money. It's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, OEL, as we know, was already coming up front. Um, I don't Have they signed Jason Dickinson yet? I don't believe they have. Nope. Okay, and, and I know there's other guy. We're going to get some in a second. No worry. Okay. Um, Connor Garland gets a five-year deal. All of this, plugging some holes around the lineup, while Quinton Hughes and Elias Pedersen are still unsigned, and they have $14 million in cap space to get it done, I just can't believe for back-to-back off-seasons, the Canucks have once again completely missed, like, have completely mixed up their priorities again. I'd like to reiterate the Seattle Kraken have $16 million in cap space and have all their picks next year. That's all I'll say. That's all I'll say. Offer sheet. Patterson. Offer sheet. Patterson. I was surprised Connor Garland, the contract like that came pretty quick compared to like what they were going to do with like Patterson and Hughes. Like I really think like that was going to be finished for like when I saw those trades happening, I'm like, all right, yeah, so they got this cap space. And then, like, the Connor Garland one, I didn't think, like, he's not the centerpiece of it. Like, he's someone that 
I think they could have waited a bit longer into the summer to see like, hey, what do we have left and what we can do with this contract? I, I don't mind that deal though. It's it, not bad. It's just, you know, like it's like you ate your fries before you ate the entire burger. That's fair. That's a fair point. If you if you look at it too, it's just like yeah, I don't hate the Garland deal either. No. It, it's maybe a little rich on the AAV, but sure. uh, but like that, that's nitpicking, right? It's just that with every other deal there, you're like, Jim, what does Adam Wilde always says? Put the phone down. <laughs> and he didn't do it. It's like, sign your important. So what's funny is they were prim- prelim. We're back to that word again. Preliminary? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Discussions yeah. right before the COVID situation broke out in Vancouver. That was around the trade deadline, wasn't it? It was when they started discussions with, with Patterson and Hughes. Yeah. July 29th we're at now, and they're not done. What are they, are they discussing? Like, I haven't really heard an update about that, these contracts. That's the, what were, that's the issue. What were the Canucks doing when the season ended? What were you, who were you calling yesterday? My first Arizona. phone call, my first phone call would have been to their agents. I think it's Pat Brisson. Whoever it is. It's I believe they're, it's the same guy. I would have been like, okay, let's get these deals done now and let's figure this out don't bs me instead jim bending picked up the phone and spent a bajillion dollars for like i i whatever reason like did their did did their defense core get any better i think so i mean no no like other than oel you traded nate schmidt you essentially brought back Travis Hamnick. So you replaced Nate Schmidt with Tucker Pullman? Let me put it to you like this, Ali. No, they replaced Jack Ratham. I think it took a single step forward, our favorite term. What's just here's what's really frustrating, right? Is what the Canucks did was for the second straight offseason prioritized acquiring Oliver Ekman Larson. That's what held them up last year. It's, I just think at, at, at some point, you just need to have your eggs in an order here. And the Canucks didn't do that. I think, Daniel, you said it perfectly. We should have just capped it off there. The fries before the burger. <laughs> it needs to be like a sprinkle of like, you know, the good first, maybe some good fries, crispy fries. Mm-hmm. Balance it out. You know, don't. It's weird. It's like we're not going to give the money to these guys just yet, but let's throw the money over here. By the way, um, if you don't put a lot of salt on your fries, they're not good. No. I just like big thing. You know when people are like, something's too salty. Okay, without salt, people just complain about like, man, salt makes everything good. Yeah, that's how it works. It opens your taste buds, people. Oh, I taste salt. Yeah, it helps. Don't ask why I'm complaining about salt. There's a certain listener of this show who doesn't like when I put salt on anything. And it's like, you need to open the flavor, seasoning your food. Can open. I take a guess at who it is? Maybe my mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't have a girlfriend, Alex. That's I wish. Okay. Neither do I. Your girl steak dinner? No. You're a catch. Don't 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 do this. Don't do this. Don't do this right now. Don't do this right now. Don't do this right now. Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? It's okay. Who's next? What's happening here? These late night podcasts. I I think I know who's next. Let's just move on to it. 
It's eight. Oh my God. It's eight. <laughs> what, is, what just happened? I don't know. We've been talking for a couple We're hours. We're talking about salt and then. Alex, can you just cut that part out, please? Yeah. Okay. If it's still in, it's funny. Um, we'll Edmonton! Finally. Finally. Oh, Alex is, has, I can't say how many times Alex has made fun of the Oilers. Champions of the offseason. Not. Losers of the offseason. <laughs> so, can I just say before we rip into the Oilers and I give some. That's no, it's at the end. So I'll just quickly lay them out. What's happened here? So, for the second straight year, the Oilers have completely lost out on the goalie market. They traded Ethan Bear for Warren Fogle. I don't think that's a terrible deal. It's just in the the same time of losing um, of, of losing Caleb Jones, you're like, hmm. So now the Oilers' decor is a mix of of, of Darno Nurse, pretty good. Um, Evan Bouchard, good young player. Tyson Berry gets extended. He found a role there. I'm happy for him. But here's the problem. There's also a mix of Chris Russell, and we know how coaches hate young players and will put the vets in, so goodbye, Evan Bouchard. Uh, 38-year-old Duncan Keith and Cody Stacey, who gets a four-year deal after a fine year in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I just thought, like, oh, my God. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. By the way, um, the Oilers Beautiful. apparently on Cat Friendly have $1.2 million to sign Yamamoto and Warren Fogel. Okay, so be- before we get going here, as Alex takes a drink to prepare for what he's about to say, I just want to say this. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy for Cody Ceci and Tyson Berry because sure. because you got to think those guys when they were in Toronto could not go on Twitter because 100%. Like, because like like those guys went through the ringer so I am happy that they have now acquired generational wealth so whatever we're about to say we don't want to rip the players no. it's just Ken Holland <laughs> so if if I gave Daniel the floor with Mark Andre Fleury. I think it's time to give Alex the floor with the Edmonton Oilers. To be clear, they also can't go on Twitter now. Uh, Edmonton Twitter is pretty bad. It's brutal. Um, there are two positive. There's one positive of the of their offseason, and that's actually getting Connor McDavid wingers in. Zach Hyman, Hyman. Zach Hyman, who, I mean, I'm listen, I love Zach Hyman, but that doesn't mean I have to be a fan of the the length of the contract. Um, And then Warren Fogle, who they traded Ethan Bear for not a fan of the trade fan of that. They brought in another winger. Let's like, let's get to the the negatives, which is all of it um, except that. So I understand Mike Smith had a good season. But the Oilers got swept in the first round um, and just brought back Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith. How on, like, how do you, and, and you said they, they lost out. They didn't even try to swing. They, they aren't buying out Miko Koskinen. Uh, apparently, they, they were trying to get Kemper, but they obviously were out there. They were because, yeah, they would have to take on Miko Koskinen. And Arizona doesn't want to take back Miko Koskinen, who has a base salary of four and a half million dollars. How many more years does he have? This is his last year. Okay. So you're bringing back that tandem, which was a which worked in the regular season, disaster in the playoffs. 
you're, we know it seems like Oscar Clefbaum's not coming back. Yeah. That yeah. it seems that's the route we're hearing. Your top four is in defense is Darnell Nurse, who is actually really good. And apparently they're talking about an extension. Duncan Keith, 38 years old. Tyson Berry, who can't play actual defense, so is gifted offensively. And Cody Cece, who needs to be sheltered. And I, you can, anyone can say, well, you know, Toronto gave him four and a half million dollars. Go back and listen to the episode. I didn't love that either. Oh, that qualifying offer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I don't know what that was. They had to. Yeah. The Edmonton Oilers did not have to do the deal they just signed. They also didn't have to give him four years. Let someone else make the mistake of giving him four years. You know how ridiculous that is? He will be 31 when that contract, or 32 maybe, when that contract ends. Do you know how insane that is? You're ha- the thing with Cody Cece is you can't play him in top four minutes. Anyone who watched the Toronto Maple Leafs two years ago knew that. You have to play him sheltered minutes, which I assume Pittsburgh did, which why people in Pittsburgh were complimenting him. Yeah, because it, it worked there because like they had those like the way Pittsburgh works, like they, the the three defensive pairings, like they're actually all quality ones where they, like you could you yeah. don't have to shelter too many people on all the time with this. And, and they could play defense. I was reading up on the Oilers a couple nights ago when they lost Adam Larson. There was this big thing because obviously Larson and Hall, and, and it seemed like last season, Adam Larson took a leap defensively. Like he was their best defensive, like defenseman um, alongside Darnell Nurse. And then you just lost him. So your replacement is now Cody Cece. That's rough. You, you're going to play Cody Cece on the third pairing at $3.25 million? That's ridiculous. Like, that's so bad. So, you may be wondering, why are they ahead of Seattle on my list? And Calgary on my list? And San Jose and Anaheim? Yep. We'll find that out later. So, continue to listen, even if we sound extremely exhausted. Or talk about random things. Well, it, it's off the. It's two players. It's Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And friends. What's this report that I think it was Ryan Rashog said? If there's not a significant deep playoff run next year, that McDavid and Dreisaitl could finally say, um, "Guys." Oh, they also bought out James Neal, by the way. What a shame! The real deal, Whippy Zone. Miss him. Oh no! I remember that was instantly a mistake. I always forget how good he was in Vegas. <laughs> By the way, another talk about another uh, former Pittsburgh Penguin. We'll look now towards the. Oh, hang on, quickly. Um, again, I really like Warren Fogle as a depth yeah. guy for them too. That's a massive improvement because now Josh Archibald will be a fourth liner. Yay! Yes. Um, you know it's really funny. Alex sent me that picture of we sent the, the picture of Zach Hyman in the Oilers jersey into our group chat, and I thought it was I thought it was Josh Archibald for a second. They kind of look alike, but, um, but yeah. Also Hyman, yeah. The like the last three years, four years could be garbage. First three years, you stick it with McDavid, boy. Exactly. And they're gonna stay healthy. Yeah, stay healthy. Yeah. I think Craig Budden said uh, McDavid would get 150 points with. I'm in next to him, which is funny because I'm pretty sure that's actually what he was on pace for this year. 
Then mm. everyone ripped it apart and were like, oh, that's the last time when he was for Derek. It's like, shut up. You're just missing the point. God, everyone takes something. The internet is terrible for that kind of stuff. They, they take everything so seriously. It's like, oh, so Friedman said, who's your source? That's not how they, ah, it's just. By the way, Hyman <laughs> should be okay, but the problem is he's now playing Alex Edler four times a year instead of just one. Oh, jeez. <sighs> That's a tough one. I have breaking news. Okay, so before you give us this breaking news, <laughs> if it's Matthew Perot, I'm going to be really mad. At you. It's not. Is it who the Raptors drafted? Yes. Okay, who is it? The Toronto Raptors went off the board by Ooh. only one pick. Okay. Only one selection. They selected Scotty Barnes instead of Jalen Sugg. So they went for the small forward over the point guard. That and what does may- that mean? So, yeah, I'll be quick with this because it's been going a while. So Jalen Suggs was supposed to be like the next point guard because Kyle Lowry's leaving. Yeah. And then that was like, oh, that was the automatic pick because like this is a very top-heavy draft in the top five or top six. But they got Scotty Barnes already who they believe has – he may have – a bigger, I guess, I guess a bigger projection to be, what's that word again? Bigger, I cannot think right now. Ceiling? Upside, yeah. Upside or ceiling, yeah. And uh, people are kind of mad about it right now because they're like, really, you went for a guy like, he may take a while to develop, but we'll see how it goes. I trust Masai. I'm I'm looking at, uh, I I, I saw a good old Gavin Axelrod just tweet, Gonna hold off my Raptors draft and and um, my draft takes and trust in Bobby and Masai. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing the people like I'm, I, yeah, our, our friends around in the basketball world are looking very um, shocked right now. So okay, good, 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 good. Seattle, uh, they swoop in and pick up Philip Grubauer. That was pretty yucky, eh? To be um, Chris Drieger's partner in that, pretty decent combo there. Of course, that gets him to then um, flip Vinik Banachek. By Tech Vanda check. They also signed uh, Alex Venberg to a four year deal, sorry, um, a three year deal, 4.5 AAV. A little high, but centerman. Uh, they also, another big deal, which I thought was pretty big, a five year deal, 5.5 AAV for Jaden Schwartz. Looking now, how do we feel about Seattle after the first few days of free agency? I just like to say the Philip Grubauer quotes, just they keep on getting better. <laughs> Where, um, when they asked him about, oh, you didn't resign in Colorado, and then he's like, Colorado had their chance, they had their time. That's fair. Oh my god, that's cold blooded. I wonder what the offers were if it, if that's the quote. And we, I mean, we obviously heard about the Landeskog offers at the beginning. I wonder what he, they were offering Grubauer. It's a good question. Yeah. You see the video Landeskog put up? No. He did, um, you know, the, the the scene in Wolf on Wall Street when um, Leo's like, I'm not leaving. Oh. I'm not leaving. And yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Landis Cog did that. And actually, his face is over Leo. Oh, and then get uh, like McKinnon, uh, McKinnon and uh, Rountain. And we were all looking to see if there was accidentally Philip Grubauer on the pictures. He was not there. Oh, <laughs> so they knew it. I mean, yeah. I mean, he came out there. So, yeah, but it was really funny. It was like, this is my kid. We're going to need a wrecking ball to take me out. <laughs> and you're like, well, uh, if they didn't give you enough money, we're going to leave anyway. But we yeah. won't mention that. Will we? <laughs> but, um, but yes, Seattle. Now, how do they look? Good, right? Oh, yeah. So I thought Daniel was going to go. Um, I no, like, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, like, I really like the Grubauer and Jaden Schwartz signings in terms of money. Um, I think bringing in what? 
No, I, I just I think My- a bit too much money. Schwartz all. was too much money. The injury history scares me. Like I know he can be a great shooter. It's just the consistency isn't there for me. I, I just think he fits the winger. Like there's no huge big quality wingers in terms of star wingers, but I think he fits the around the wingers that they already have in their top six lining up against Eber uh, with Eberle, Gord. And, and Don Scoy and uh, of course Tanev as well. Um, with Grubauer, I like Drieger and Vanacek, but bringing in Philip Grubauer, what if, to me that is a sign of this. Like that's a really good tandem, uh, Grubauer and Drieger. Grubauer this year has really proved himself. Uh, over the last few years, there was always those playoff questions, but he did really push this year. Chris Drieger had a a really good year as well. The one I'm not the biggest fan of, I guess, in terms of money is the Alex Wenberg signing. He had a really good year in Florida from what I've heard. It's, it's just, he's going to be your second line center. Honestly, he might be even your first line center. Yeah. With Gord being here. Like he's a good yeah. two way guy. That was a guy I was hoping Montreal might look at, but um, like, there's just remember he had that one great year in Columbus and it was like, there it is. Yeah. And it might be the second of his three contracts here, but you know, premium sermon. Uh, you know, yeah, it was rich. Yeah. No, I, I have the same thing with both of them. Like a little bit too much money. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird. I'm also super confused about how these expansion trades work that they were able to trade Vanacek. I, I thought Friedman made it clear. It was a year thing or I, I don't know. It seems to be that the rules around what was happening with price compared to Vanacek were much different. Yeah. It was it was the um, cap retention because the idea was that they would retain salary on price and that is cap circumvention apparently. Uh, that that's what I've read. And uh, I'll remind the listeners that this is the league where Seabrook was just dealt in his dead contract yes, yes. and all that. I hate this. Oh, by the way, Shea Weber's not official in LTIR yet. Why? Oh, because they think he's faking it. But, you know, Brent Seabrook's contract. Because the standards are obviously fair towards the entire league for a league that claims that everyone's on a play, level playing field, even though your rules are completely different, even isn't, though... Isn't Seabrook actually injured? Didn't he just have surgery? I thought that's he's, right. He's, okay, so here, here's the problem. He retired, except it's oh, not official. Uh, he, he didn't do the paperwork. retired. Because he was helping out the Blackhawks, yeah. that he's done. He's not playing again. Yeah. See, see what the issue is, and like the double standards throughout the league. I just, I, I'm so, I'm such a bitter Habs fan. I, it, it's true though. Calgary, they are. Okay, the Blake Coleman deal was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, they trade for Don Vlader. I know it's Vladar. It sounds like Vader. I don't care. Uh, and Nikita Zadorov. <laughs> Which is kind of like I, I'm, guys. I'm sorry, but the Flames are just spinning their wheels to me. I get, I like Coleman, but I just I'm not sold on the Flames. I, I'm not. If they go back and they have Monahan and Goudreau again, I just I can't see them doing anything. I'm I'm fed up with the Flames. Yeah, I don't think anything they've done. They haven't really. They've done the Blake Coleman signing, but it hasn't been a. Franchise, not necessarily franchise changing, but an impact move. Like, sure, throw Blake Coleman in there. He was really good on Tampa Bay's third line. I bet if you give him some top six minutes, he will also succeed there. 
with the quality of players he has. Like imagine a line of like Kachuk, Monahan, Coleman, for example, or Kachuk, Lindholm, Coleman. Like I think that's a line that could really succeed, but it's the rest of them. And again, I bring this up again, the point of when Matthew Kachuk, who is the epitome of playoff hockey is the only one who who everyone seems to have an issue with. To me, that is a dis- that is an extremely scary sign. Yep. There's a meme I saw where um, you know the um, one where like there's like a huge gash on something like on like a swimming pool. Yeah. And then uh, they put a bandaid on it, mm-hmm. just like the one thing, and then like the, that's with Blake Coleman. Yeah. That. He he fits a need. He really does. He fits a need for them. But again, like what I've said before, like with Barclay Goudreau going to the Rangers, it's just like you fit a need when there is an established core there that could actually win. That you're a supplementary guy. You're not there to kind of like be a surge that fixes a lot of the problems they have there. AKA he tries. Like who's going to be their captain? Like I don't trust any of the any of the established guys are to be captain. Matthew Kachuk. I don't know. Remember when he said, like, he told the city, you used to love me? Yeah. I mean, like, half the team doesn't, apparently. And I just, I think that's so dumb. I really do. Manjapani. I, I actually would love that one. Andrew Manjapani. Or he Dylan won Dube. a gold medal. Dylan Dubé. Proven Dylan, winner. Dylan, Dylan Dubé, Captain Canada. There you go. Yep. Exactly. Okay, uh, San Jose. Oh, well, uh, what did the Sharks do? Well, they brought the Merkley brothers together after getting Nick from New Jersey, and James Reimer is back. Yeah. Uh, they brought back Nick Bedino as well. They did. Back? back. When was he, he a shark? He was drafted by them, and then he got traded to Anaheim. Only you know that. <laughs> Man, that is incredible was- knowledge. <laughs> In 2007. He was traded for noted Canadians legend, Travis Moen. That's a name. (laughs) Hunter on that 2014 team. Travis Moen, what a guy. So it's really funny. A couple years ago when you think it was, what am I saying, a couple years? It was a few months of Reimer and Jones. And now I don't think it's a terrible tandem of of Reimer and Aiden Hill, by the way, now. Yeah, I think to me it looks like since those Florida times for Reimer, he's kind of like, we'll call it rebuilding himself or rebuilding his reputation. Um, And I mean, him in Carolina, he seemed to do quite well. So I I don't see, I don't see the issue with that tandem. It's better than anything Martin Jones is pretty much the way I'd look at it. Oh, Martin Jones, what a poor guy. So, but see it this way. Yeah. The last time James Reimer was on the Sharks, they went to the finals. That's fair. Yeah. So, Mark Edward Vlasic will bounce back too. He will. So, the, the Ducks extended Ryan Getzlav. That's it. We don't hear the next night. Next. No, I'm kidding. Daniel, I was going to do a dramatic pause. I'm sorry. You've just stepped on it. You've crumpled it's the, it up. It's the late night adrenaline. <laughs> you get adrenaline? I, I like, get like a I get like a second wind sometimes if like don't you stay up till four in the morning watching movies? Uh, I've actually like cut that down because um I'm trying to like, this is actually a really random thing I'm a bit on like a, not a health grind kind of thing but I'm trying to be healthier yeah with a lot of things and 
I've realized that when you're working full time, you actually need to sleep. Yes, that is true. <laughs> like I can tell you that. Yeah, I like I don't know how I did it during school. I know that wasn't even just like two months ago, but I just don't know how I stayed up all night. So so basically Daniel has done more for himself for the past few days than the ducks have done since the since the trade deadline. Pretty much. They, they have do done much. nothing. And they're in on Jack Eichel. That made me laugh. I applauded them for getting Hayden Flurry at the deadline, and they just lost the expansion draft. We're all excited for Hayden Flurry trivia tribute. <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe they actually scheduled a day that it's going to be a. They're going to have a tribute night for him. He played like thirteen. Played, days. Yeah. Oh, we have to watch that. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. All right. Um, sorry, Anaheim, but you didn't do anything. They brought back Ryan Getzlaff to play third line center or something. Do you want to start from the top or the bottom of the central? The top. Arizona. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Making a surprise run. Wow. <laughs> Marion Hosa's coming back. Wow. Him and Datsuk are all coming back at the same time. No, uh, so Gabriel Landeskog ends up staying in Colorado, $7 million, eight years. Grubauer walks, and as a result, the Abs kind of have to make a trade. They get rid of their first next year, conditional 2024 third, and Connor Timmons, not Trevor, obviously. Arizona retained a million dollars of the cap hit for Darcy Kemper. I love Darcy Kemper. It's just you got to stay healthy. But then again, that's the story of half the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, but they have taken a hit in the depth department, obviously, losing Don's going to the expansion draft and Pierre-Edmard Bellamar for free agency. They have young guys, but um, I still see them winning the division. But yeah. we still have moved. Like, I, I'm really predicting that they're going to get Thomas Tatar. By the way, I'm just kind of noticing that when we started recording both these episodes, it was light outside, and I can see in the window behind me, the sun has set. And you could, yeah, I'm, it's just gotten extremely dark, and I don't want to turn on the light. Daniel's in Australia. I know, it's so, so sunny. I have, I have my ring light on. And then... But thoughts on the abs? Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see the other another move that they make, because... I do think maybe to, they did lose Brandon Saad as well. So, again, you brought up Thomas Tatar. That would be an interesting replacement. I'm happy that the Landeskog thing got resolved. To me, what happened there was something similar to that happened that Mc, Jamie McLennan brought up a couple of years ago about sometimes with contract negotiations, they get, they get to a point where it's really bad, and then a couple of days later, it's all gone. And that seems to be what happened here. And I mean, listen, he probably could have got more if on the open market. So for him to take seven, I wonder, I, I always wonder what changed or if it was just a negotiation tactic. And I like the Darcy Kemper, Pavel Francouz tandem. It actually seems like for once there wasn't a, a winner of a trade. Yeah, it was pretty even. I, I think so too, that, Connor Timmons is one of those guys that, you know, he needs to actually leave Colorado to get a chance. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of minutes up for grabs in Arizona. So I'm happy for the guy, a great real junior legend. And I think for Colorado, I like what you mentioned, Adam, that a lot of the, because they've been drafting like crazy Colorado. 
that they have so many wingers that could just come in and fill that depth. Like more so sometimes than I think than Tampa Bay at this moment. Like we talk about Alex Newhook, but we 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 don't we haven't talked about a lot about Martin Cout or a Shane Bowers, who these guys could fill in the top nine. Logan pretty, O'Connor, like, pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, Logan O'Connor. Are you on Twitter, Daniel, by any chance? No, why? Six minutes ago. Wow, this is a surprise. I really thought. Albert, who is this player that you're speaking of? Uh huh. It's um. He's actually supposed to go pretty high, but like he wasn't supposed to. He was not like he was supposed to like. I think like Donald got the joke, but um, because the Raptor, I think yeah, Donald really got the joke because what happens is the Raptors have this history from before, not so much with well Masai a little bit, where they kind of really go off the board with their picks. And this guy was like teased to maybe go pretty high because he's like one of those European picks. He's like a Turkish guy. And people were scared that like they're going to reach for him like crazy because Masai's done that before. Like I remember when he picked Bruno Caboclo, yeah. 20th overall. And then people were like, they didn't even rank him. He was like the um, was like Igor Chinnikov of, the, of that draft. Oof. That's the guy Columbus took last year, right? Yeah, yeah when no one had an analysis on him. Where like what did Ryan Burke? Because like I think he's a winger. Yeah. Friedman, yeah. <laughs> I swear all of these guys that they were frozen. My hair is looking like Friedman's right now. To be honest with you, what a man. Um, the Winnipeg Jets. I have them second in the Central. They have completely re- reworked their D. Uh, to look at you, Tucker Pullman is out. Brandon Dillon is in. Nate Schmidt is in. Uh, Paul Stastny is going to stay for another year. And what makes me really happy is I think Eric Comrie is finally going to get a shot as their backup because Bersois is gone and there's yeah. no one else. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I like that. I like what they've done with their defense. I'm really interested to see what they have, what they do with their forward core because they only have eight forwards signed and they have Andrew Cops in RFA. So if they can really fill out that bottom, that bottom six, they can do some damage in their division. I think that's the thing too, where we talked about how they were in the playoffs where, you know, you take out Mark Shifley or on his own fault and you have those other guys that weren't performing against the Canadians. And what I see what they do now is with their defense and with their forwards, hopefully when everyone's resigned is they fill in the gaps. Like they're, they're going to be a consistent team again where they could, they could get something done and they don't have to really rely on the top guys to do everything all the time. And yeah, give Connor Hallibuck a break. Like, yeah. I agree. Why are you laughing, Daniel? No, because I was, I was going to say Eric Comrie. But I'm like, I have a feeling they're going to put him on waivers again or somehow. No, don't do that. No. Because, like, remember when, like, he was supposed to play and then he came back to, like, this is his third time in Winnipeg. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> He's the wild ride, that guy. Looking at Chicago. This team... I don't want to look at them. No one does, because they're t- no Adam. You can't say that. You can't say what you're thinking. Um, look in the mentions of some of their eyeball tweets, and it's oh boy, Chicago. They have brought in Tyler Johnson. They have brought in Seth Jones. Some big ads by Stan Bowman. Perhaps the biggest addition for the Blackhawks is Mark Andre Fleury. However, uh, he's there's worried he may not even play and he might retire. I just think Chicago, like if there's common knowledge that Flurry doesn't want to play anywhere else, and the only team that could probably convince him otherwise is Pit- is Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
Not to mention, with all the white noise, I'm sorry, I don't know if white noise is the proper term to use there, with everything around Chicago right now, if you're Marc-Andre Fleury, why the heck would you willingly go there right now? Not to mention, like uh, your family had been, I'm assuming they're in Vegas. You're at this point in your career where like, it's the later times here. And then Bowman's like saying, like, we got him because we want to play him. You weren't on his no trade list and you can just leave. He can do, he can do what he wants. I don't get Chicago making this deal because I just, you clearly didn't do your research. Like, I still think oh. that they're making the playoffs just because the rest of this division, there are question marks. And if a certain player resigns in Minnesota, I then put them under um, Minnesota. But still, I just, I don't like Chicago. I don't like what they're doing. I, I just, they've overpaid for guys. I don't think they needed Tyler Johnson. They have centermen. It's just they're, like, imagine, I, I'm sorry I'm ranting a bit here, but imagine not qualifying or looking at bringing Matt Pius Suter because you want to bring in Tyler Johnson to get rid of that dead LTIR money, which you kind of need because you don't have much cap space because you gave Seth Jones $9.5 million. It's, again, what Chicago's been doing the last year. They're just trying to – they don't want to admit a re, real legitimate rebuild. But and they they're already throwing, did that. They're throwing things. The thing that's weird. It's like okay, what we've learned this year is don't trust Stan Bowman. And a big thing with this, and I'm just gonna keep it on the the trades, right? I'm gonna just keep it with the trades. I'm gonna keep it with the signings right now in terms uh-huh. of what I'm talking about. And you don't go through a rebuild and you do these type of trades and you you assume that things are gonna be okay like this. Like for example, like if you want to do a real rebuild, why didn't you entertain anything for Patrick Kane or? Why are you still trying to add to a core that just isn't really there anymore? You have to decide, are you going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins who any year I have, they have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, they're going to go for it. Or are you going to be like the Detroit Red Wings who literally tore it down? This, what they did here was like the Detroit Red Wings under Ken Holland, who scratch, scratch and clawed into the playoffs and, Someone texted me saying he said they sent me a tweet about Flurry and he goes, Flurry, Jones, Johnson. What does that mean? I go, I nothing. Like, great, they might make the playoffs, but are they gonna do damage? But I don't think so. That they're as good as Vegas and Tampa now. No, or? get out of here. Who's that Tracos? Yeah, the one who said that you need to why why do people wear why do adults wear helmets while riding a bicycle? Yeah, because then you have thoughts like this. Wait, you, this he was like, said a, that? yeah, he tweeted it. Oh my gosh, I don't know what to say about that. Ah, some people, man, I, I just don't think she, and they're trying to look at trading Calvin DeHaan, apparently. Cool, yeah, just say uh, you're just a bunch of, I just don't like them. I just don't like them. I don't like Chicago, Minnesota. So they signed Dmitry Kulikov. That sort of fills a need. Maybe not the exact same type of player, but they needed to fill in some defensive stuff now that Carson Soucy is gone from expansion. Um, but the big story is Kirill Kaprizov and Kevin Fiala have not been signed yet. They need new deals, and this is a much shorter offseason than most years. Daniel, are you nervous for the Wild right now? Because I kind of am. Yeah, like again, like we we knew that, and I've I've said this before, where they really had to have a bit of a, like they really had to hit on their free agent targets, 
And I don't think they did it. They gave Alex Goligoski. I know it's only for one year, but these are the type of deals you're going to have to do when you still have to look at like, you know, the next two to four years, what your cap, your cap situation is going to look like. They gave him $5 million for one year. And he is what? 35, 36. He's a guy that he's probably going to do pretty well, but he's a local Minnesota boy. But again, like without a Kaprizov or Fiala there to really anchor that young forward core, I, I, I'm not, it's, it's unclear still what this team is going to look like, what they're going to be like, or the big disappointing thing for me is because of these buyouts, because they weren't really able to like, because there was still value on Ryan. So like Michael Russo even mentioned it, that maybe just maybe you, you could have found, found a trade instead for Suter instead of buying them both out at the same time, because the previous one, like that was going to happen regardless. So I think at this point, I'm just a bit disappointed in them because they didn't get the deals done yet with their RFAs and they, they're not really building on any momentum they had from the year before. A couple of things for, I mean, he, he clearly had value. He just got a four year deal. Um, but he, number question number one is he had a no move clause, right? So, and I know they never talked to him, but asked him about it. So that would have kind of asking him at least would have been the good thing, but would he have moved? And then my second question is on day one, on opening night, do you think the Minnesota wild wild will have Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov? They might have one or the other. I don't know. Well, Kaprizov is just, I don't They're like, he's playing hardball because, he doesn't. He doesn't want that long extension. He still wants the two or three years. Wouldn't that benefit the Wild though? Like, yes, he's gonna get paid afterwards, but you go through the two to three years, which is exactly the timeline of dealing with fourteen million dollars of dead cap space. I, I don't see the free agency though. Yeah, they don't want him to walk. Is he gonna be a, a, a UFA in three years? Is that what the uh, yeah. deal is? Ah. Uh, that's I why, guess. because um, like he technically only because remember his first year because he only signed a two year entry level, right? And they got right. burned during the, the bubble, yeah. and then he only had this one year. So technically, like this is the only window they really have, right? Yeah, for no, him. I get it. Yeah, like, then I get it from that standpoint. Right. Uh, looking at the St. Louis Blues, Schwartz, Blay, gone. Busnevich gets a nice little deal as well as Brandon Saad. Right, and so I really like that. So it's a few years longer than the Hoffman deal that Montreal did. So what's funny about that is apparently this is from a Jeremy Rutherford article in The Athletic about Tarasenko, which we'll talk about in a second here. Apparently Montreal outbid the Blues when it came to Hoffman, but they basically give that deal with a few more years to Brandon Sod. Now, knowing what that's, that Landis Cog wasn't hitting the market, I kind of thought, and I told you guys, like, I think Saad is that sort of natural fit there. Um, and if they're losing, well, obviously we know like Blay and that is gone. Or maybe you'll look Tarasenko. And I don't hate bringing Saad and now Bitsnevichin, like a nice skill guy, good like physical puck retrieval. Um, but the big issue is Tarasenko is still a blue. And this is a little snippet from Jeremy Rutherford's in your, um, article. Sorry. Um, so why hasn't Tarasenko been traded? The source says Armstrong has miscalculated the situation, asking for too much in return. There were once four teams interested in Tarasenko, and there are still at least two 
but the options are dwindling after Wednesday's signings around the league. Mm, What did you think you were going to get for him? Uh, You you were going to get positive. Like he has positive value. I get he's coming off of shoulder surgery and there's, there's issues. Minor saying there's issues with the shoulder and how they treated it. It is the, what I got from Tarasenko, but it's Vladimir Tarasenko. I get he has two years left under contract at 7.5, but Vladimir Tarasenko, if you put him in not even just in the right situation, he can score goals. Yeah. Like so. it. Right situation. Right. I was going to say it. <laughs> then I, didn't. I was going to say it. I didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, again, like he's still an elite guy. I know that the past few years have been riddled with injuries everything and i know it's unfortunate it hasn't worked out for st louis but it's un it's it's unclear what they can get for him. maybe if they retain salary they can increase the asset value but at this point i just i don't see them because there's no leverage whatsoever for st louis they really they're they're really like their backs against the wall with this that i don't know i, I know this is not gonna be fair value for him but it's gonna be like a second and a third and they retain part of the salary Wow. But this is my prediction at this point because I think St. Louis is like, we're going to get what we can. I, I think they were begging for Seattle to, like, not begging to Seattle, but in their heads, I think they were begging Seattle to take Vladimir Tarasenko. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it just sucks. I'm a big fan of the guy. I hope wherever he goes, like, right situation, as you guys say. The Dallas Stars can't score goals. So instead, they bring in Braden Holtby because we don't know what's quite going on with Ben Bishop's health. And they give Ryan Suter four years. Okay. What's with them in 2003 draft, by the way? Like Corey Perry, Joel Pavelski, Ryan Suter. He knows an old hockey man, I guess. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Am I missing anybody else? Well, they had Louis Erickson when they traded him. Um he was good as a star too. Yeah. yeah. Like up front, they haven't really changed much. They added Luke Glendening. Have some respect. The depth centerman, Luke Glendening. I really wanted him on the Leafs though. Yeah. So did Mike Babcock. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then they gave, I, I don't understand why they gave Ryan Suter four years. This is like Vince LeCavalier. Like the, the lightning bought him out. After like an off year, and then yeah. the Flyers still gave him a four-year deal. And then did they buy him out too? They traded him to LA with the promise that he's gonna retire. <laughs> this league sucks. I'm, I'll say it again. This league sucks. The Kings have been around some really sketchy contracts over the Jared Stoll, Mark Richards. They're uh, they the the Kings have gotten away with a lot. I don't even think right. Sorry, the Ryan Suter stuff is the best part. I think it's Yanni Hakenpah who came to play with his Finnish counterparts. And a bidding war for Yanni. And a bidding war. Oh. He's a right-hand shot. Oh. Right defenseman in this league. Like, honestly, if, if you're a parent and you've got a kid who's going to make it into the National Hockey League. Yeah. And, like, like listen, you're going to do what you can. Like, tell them, like, teach them. Don't, don't be a crazy parent because you know they're out there. I can tell you some stories about hockey parents that they're oh, so can I. 
Worse than worse than Paul Martin. No way. Much worse. Crazy. No, he's he's. How do you see, know? How did you know? <laughs> no, like because here's the thing: if you look at those videos of Paul Martin, yeah. and if you've been to any sort of like AAA tournament or something, like that's like normal. Like it gets bad, right? But like if I'm a parent, I'm gonna teach my son to take faceoffs, or I'm gonna make him be a right-handed shot defenseman. Because he will guarantee make millions of dollars. It doesn't matter how good he is, how bad he is. As long as he makes the show and you can yep. shoot right or you can take a face off, you will have a, a, a spot for life in the National Hockey League. What if you can do both? Boom. And, did, and you dust him buffling. No. <laughs> <laughs> the first hybrid forward of any other night, they need a goal. He goes to be the centerman. He needs to hold the lead. He plays exactly. D. Exactly. Yeah, I've always wanted to. I've always wanted to try that. Like, did no one just think one day, like, if you're winning like six nothing, like, let's throw Carlson on the wing. Not? You know what I mean? Like, you know, we're doing well here. PK, you want to take a draw or something? Oh, um, Scotty Bowman used to do that. Um, really? Sergey Fedorov used to play defense. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, because oh apparently, like, he was that good. Like, oh, he's such a great two way guy that. You know, why not try it? He won't retire his number because Detroit are lame. Why not? Why did he left? Oh, my God. Because he, le- he, he, he left for the Mighty Ducks after they swept the Red Wings. Yeah, so he did a lot. Just retire his number. He did like, it. He always had contract disputes every time. Like, there was, like, his, 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 like, his deal was up. Yeah, well, they would have hated, um, what's his name? Which guy? The agent. Darren Ferris. Darren yeah. Ferris, yeah. Victor Mete's an RFA, by the way. Ottawa, have fun. Yeah. Good luck. Okay. Nashville. Nice. Granlin gets a four-year deal, $5 million AAV. He I made like it. two last year. Yo, I think, what did you tweet out, Daniel? Fiala's looking at this like, yes. Yeah, I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> the precious. No more Ellis. No more Pecorine, but the... To be UC Saros' backup goaltender, they do bring in big save Dave Riddich. Cool. I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to say about <laughs> they didn't really improve and they didn't like they got worse. They got worse defensively. Like Mike can say all he wants about David Ferentz, but like to replace Ryan Ellis is an interesting conundrum to have. And uh good luck. Shall we finish off with the Arizona Coyotes then? Yeah. They Let me check their cap friendly again. I just no, want to no, see. Oh, it. you got it. Thank you. Yeah. So, oh, they have the Kachina. I love that they, they have the Kachina. Just keep the Kachina. Like, can we just, can we just like take a second? Let's see. Do you know what? I know how we're going to end the show. I'll, I'll screen share again in a second. Uh, just give me a second here, guys. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. So, Daniel, what do you think of the Scotty Barnes? Uh, it was off, a bit how, off the. It was how like off the board. Like, because it's always different in basketball, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. always so top heavy. Yeah. So, like, even going off the board by like three or four selections, that's pretty big still. Fair. And, I guess because there's only sixty selections. And I think, like, I think it's just people are just looking at the fact that for so long, Jalen Suggs was supposed to be like the Kyle Lowry replacement because. Right. He was the best point guard available at where they were drafting. Was isn't Van Vliet supposed like 
unless he doesn't play point guard. But I think um, he's more like he's like a scoring, like he's like an undersized shooting guard. Like he oh. could play like the backup point guard minutes, but yeah, it's guys. more of like they have that backcourt. <laughs> we're, we're good okay. guys. Okay, okay, we're good. Before we keep going, yeah, can we just? Where did it go? <laughs> you lost it. Can we just for a second check out the YouTube portion? Because I'm looking at the Coyotes retro. Like, seriously, God. come on, Daniel. Like, look at how cool. I don't know. I don't I don't know. The bottom it's so part. Cool. Okay, no, it's not if it was if it was all purple on the front of the like if there wasn't the cactus with like the orange and the mountains in the bottom, I would like it a lot more. It look I think it would look a lot cleaner because it kind of looks like a fake jersey to me. No, it looks cool. It's creative because there's nothing in the league. The cactus adds depth to it. It looks cool. This is the best jersey that has ever existed in sports. What are you talking? You did, I don't like what? It. Do not say that about the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. No, this is better. Look at what? the mask. Look no. how cool that is. It's yeah, but so they didn't cool. have a movie about this. What? Yeah, great. Gordon Bombay was an alcoholic who got to like train kids. That doesn't make sense. It wasn't it's realistic. Redemption, redemption story. Redemption. It was completely terrible. Um, you know what reminds me? You know those um, Alex remember? You know those old Maple Leaf jerseys when you got as kids, and then it would still also say Maple Leafs all around, like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that. This does. Yeah. No, would you, Daniel? Look at it. It's purple. It's like the. It has a hockey mask. It looks so cool. Yeah, we're gonna have to put up a poll. You guys have to share the, the I'll poll. I'll share the poll. You put it up. Hey, can we I'm just use this. this as like a clip? Like this is for like tomorrow or something. Just, just can we have a debate about <laughs> like sexy this jersey is? Because it's yeah, so, I, so nice. I will make a specific TikTok clip for who. What do you think of this? It's okay? such a nice. You have to add the part where I talk about the Mighty Ducks because you know. Okay. Put, no, that's gonna get the hits. You want me? You want me to put, I was just gonna put the picture and add some music and make it look cool, but I mean, okay, we can, can do both. It's just, it's just better than everything that could ever happen. Okay. We have, and even the regular Kachin is like. Look, <laughs> I, just, I love that's the Phil Castle. Anyway, we're right. probably gonna be traded. So the Coyotes have nine point eight million dollars in cap space because it's amazing. Because the trades they've been making. Yeah, the second round picks. They have two firsts. And of 32 selections in the second round next year, they have five of them. Also, look at the, the additional picks they have later in 23 and 24. Yeah. But then we're going to have a look at their roster now. Their goalies are... Yosef uh, Coroner is this young goalie from, from uh, San Jose. Uh, San Jose, San Jose. Carter Hutton. They have signed Carter, last night. Yes, Connor Timmons, who's around there. They have four defensemen under contract from the main roster. Uh, Labushkin, Gostis Beer, uh, Chikorin, and Strawman, who was a cap dump. Only two of them have contracts after this year. And then when we look at the forwards, it's okay. So these aren't real people. Liam O'Brien, Fisher's all right. Did, when did they sign Ryan to Zinkle? Uh, yesterday. Oh, like, yeah, for like, look at this. Look at these. Johan Larson is around still. Lawson Krauss, young guy. And then it's like Beagle, Roussel, Dimitri Yaskin is still in the league. Christian Dvorak, go and get him Montreal. Andrew Ladd's there. Has to play like a single game to meet the condition of that pick. Schmaltz is just around there. Erickson, Kessel, who they want to trade, and poor Clayton Keller. They're so, not Buffalo bad, but they're there. They That's have deep. 
they have a few couple decent players and then they're going to trade Kessel. Yeah. Um, so Mike has a theory on why they're doing it like this. It, why they have so much cap space. Because they're poor? No, because they're going to try to sign Austin Matthews. I knew it. I heard that, yeah. So what's, what's funny is they have a grand total of five players signed after this year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, go ahead and try and sign Matthews. They can offer him the I, – I, honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if they tried to offer him the max. Yeah. And it's like how yeah, – the rumors are going to be out there, too. There will be tampering without tampering. Naturally. I'll run myself through a wall if they do it, honestly. Can we clip that? No. What would you do if they saw, if Austin Matthews signed with the Arizona Coyotes? And the Leafs got nothing for him? Well, yeah, if, he's, if it's a UFA thing, obviously. If he leaves and goes to the, the Coyotes. I would I be know. sad. No, no, no. I would be devastated. I would scream into. I would scream. I would. Scream. Alex would become a basketball fan. Like you thought fan. my rants were bad before. They would. It would get worse. You thought me complaining about Cody Cece was bad. It would be worse. Well, it is dark outside. Really? Yeah. We're recording at six. Yeah. You've been recording for well, Daniel, with the exception of our break in between it was three. Daniel hours. predicted ten. So yeah. So. Not bad. Daniel, since you got that right, you want to do the outro? All right. Well, guys, this was fun. We've been recording for quite some time today. So, Voice Ed, thank you again for being an excellent platform for us. Remember to check out Adam's videos. I believe you had one today. Yes? Yesterday. But Yesterday, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes, on Logan Mayu. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, check out Alex's blog. Check out myself for CGRU and the Hockey Writers. And next episode, we're probably going to look at even more crazy signings, even more, hopefully more trades. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the trades. So am okay. I. We'll probably yes. uh, now it's like now it's probably once a week, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm looking into that. Um, unless some craziness happens, but but we know the listeners love it all. So remember to check out this episode, all of the old episodes on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter, and especially on Facebook. Oh my god, you and Facebook. <laughs>